Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Lots to get to, and we are just a day away from the Sweet 16 games on Thursday evening and, of course, Friday evening as well. Then we get to the weekend. We've got the Elite Eight, IU basketball in off-season mode. Plenty to talk about there, and the IU women headed to a Sweet 16 appearance of their own with a big challenge coming up on Saturday afternoon. They will take on a very good two-seed, UConn, uh, one of the great all-time women's basketball programs. And guess what? If somehow the IU women can muster a win on Saturday in Bridgeport, they'll likely take on number one seed North Carolina State in their next game. So a tough swing of games coming up. Boy, if somehow the IU women could get through these next few games, uh, they would really put themselves in a big position uh, to go to the Final Four with two wins like that under their belt. But that will be fun to follow. And, of course, Providence basketball headed to the 2A state championship on Saturday. Our coverage will begin around 12-15, depending on how the 1A game goes at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. But that will be a lot of fun on Saturday. Good luck to the Pioneers. And speaking of Providence, tonight – Uh, At 8 o'clock, Ryan Miller is going to join me for another one of these Twitter spaces. It's a new thing on Twitter. If you follow me at Hoosier Hills, uh, we can have basically an interview, a conversation. And uh, so Coach Miller will be with me tonight. We did this a week ago. We had a lot of people stop by. Uh, Coach Miller, kind of an in-depth interview with him about the team getting ready for the state championship game. And last week, getting ready for the semi-state, it was a whole bunch of fun. And so uh, if you can't join us live at 8 o'clock on this Twitter spaces, it's available uh, as a recording for, I think, 30 days or something. But we had a lot of people listening live, a lot of people listening recorded. And and Coach Miller is just a great guy to talk with about uh, basketball, especially this time of year, especially when his team's still playing. So it'll be a lot of fun tonight and uh, also Providence fans Central Noble coach John Bodie is going to join us on the uh, Thursday program tomorrow so to kind of get you ready for that state championship game Ryan Miller on Twitter tonight at eight o'clock and uh, coach Bodie of Central Noble uh, joining us Thursday on our radio program. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We're going to talk some high school baseball today. Uh, our area is so good each and every year, and one of those programs at the very top uh, almost every year, it seems, are the Jeffersonville Red Devils under the direction of Coach Derek Ellis. And Coach Ellis is going to be our first high school baseball guest of the year, the spring, uh, to talk about his program and kind of preview the season. And it just so happens that later today, the Red Devils and the New Albany Bulldogs scrimmage 
uh, later this afternoon in a uh, scrimmage game getting ready for the season, which for most schools begins uh, coming up early next week. So Coach Ellis with us here in a few minutes to talk Red Devil baseball. Later in the hour, we'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times to talk IU basketball. We'll squeeze in the women. We'll talk a little off-season stuff for IU men as well. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will stop by later in the hour in our weekly segment with him presented by Major League Shirt Company. All of that and more uh, in this hour today. And that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. Uh, you can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Let's get to our very first guest and uh, our debut guest, you could say, to talk some high school baseball this spring is Coach Derek Ellis of Jeffersonville Baseball. Coach, uh, I love basketball. We're in the middle of March Madness, but I love our high school baseball scene locally as well and glad to have you on to kind of kickstart our coverage this season. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. I'm honored. Yes, truly. Yes, yes, and and today it just so happens that uh, it's the start. I guess you could say of, of games of some sort. There'll be a scrimmage game a little bit later this afternoon at your facility against New Albany, which should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. You know, Mac and I we get together every year, kick off the the season with our first scrimmage, usually about a week before we start playing. Um, it's been fun. It's a little different format than most people are used to. You know, there won't be a scoreboard on. Um, we're going to hit 10 guys uh, each, throwing lots of pitchers out there. So it's, uh, it's a four-inning ball game, but it, it, takes, uh, it takes a good long time. But it is a lot of fun. We get to see a lot of our players and finally seeing an opponent in a different uniform throwing at you and, and doing some things. So looking forward to tonight. Absolutely. Derek Ellis of Jeff Baseball, my guest coach. Uh, the Red Devils, number six in 4A to start the season and a big number of local teams either ranked in different classes or getting votes from the coaches across the state in those respective polls. Uh, for the Red Devils and for the area, I think we're set up for another really good year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Southern Indiana baseball is strong. It's, it's strong as ever. Uh, whether you're uh, Class 2A, 3A, or 4A, the teams around here from Borden to Silver Creek to Providence to us and New Albany and Floyd – I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And the, the rankings show it. The PBR rankings are out. Um, the Indiana Baseball Coaches Association rankings are out. So um, also, if you look at my schedule, which I believe I've sent that to you, Matt, um, we play a, a, an extremely tough schedule. Um, and if you're looking at the rankings and then you look at my schedule, you see all the teams that we play this year that are um, perennial um, number ones through number ten. Uh, on our schedule that we're going to be tested every single day that we step out on the baseball field. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be challenged uh, day in and day out, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Coach, I know you're still learning about your team and, and this scrimmage tonight, another chance to to figure things out for your rotations and positions and batting order, et cetera. But you've got a number of guys that are going to be very recognizable names to baseball fans in our area. Already a, a number of your players have, have chosen their college destinations, and there's probably a handful more that will still need to make those decisions in the coming months here. But a lot of talent on this team. Can you take us through some of the key returners for Jeff that you're going to heavily rely on right out of the gate? Yeah, sure. Um, we're senior heavy uh, this year. We have seven seniors, and most of those guys will be on the field at the same time. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at Max McEwen, 
probably our number one, 1A, 1B on the mound. Uh, he's going to Indiana State uh, on a scholarship to pitch up there for Coach Hannes. Um, look for him to, to, to do well on the mound. We look for him to kind of be the leader and the, uh, set the tone for us uh, on day one. Uh, right behind him, we've got Chate Amick, Brett Denby, Caden White, and Cannon Stull. Uh, all of those guys are extremely solid Um Cannon, not so much on the mound, but the the previous four, we're going to be relying on those arms, hard and heavy. And and, and Chate's looking at a Division One scholarship offer, um, trying to get uh, some scores up to where he needs to to be in order to make that happen. But he's going to be pitching at a high level next year somewhere. Uh, Brett Denby, of course, my shortstop pitcher, um, one of the best shortstops around, as well as a guy on the mound. He's going to Georgia in a couple of years, playing for the Bulldogs in the SEC. Caden White's getting a lot of love from a lot of Division One schools. He's, he's had several offers. He's, uh, he's mulling some things over, but he's only a sophomore. So, you know, he, he's taking his time, and he's going to be really good on the mound. And, and then, of course, Cannon Stoll in center field, who's going to University of Evansville, going to play for Coach uh, Carroll down there. I'm looking forward to watching him uh, traipse, away and, traipse around in center field and, and being a leader for us. A lot of talent on this Red Devil team. Coach, you mentioned so many strong arms, guys that have got experience already in big varsity games. Every position matters, and pitching is just one facet of the game. But to enter this season with that kind of pitching staff, I mean, that has to make you confident about this team having some big goals this year. Well, yeah, we, we you know, we always expect to compete for the, the Hoosier Hills Conference title. We always expect to to compete hard for the sectional championship and, and hopefully move on and try to advance through and um, try to get to that state championship that we we've have basically eluded us since I've been the head coach and most every other coach that has been before me. So um, we do have high expectations. We've had lofty goals. Um, you know, we've got some work to do offensively. Uh, we, we're still uh, not where we need to be in regards to that. But um, I like our arms on the mound. I think they're going to keep us in every single game that we're we're, we're in. Um, we just gotta we gotta produce for them and score a few runs and help them out. Jeffersonville baseball coach Derek Ellis joining me here as we start our Wednesday program. Coach Ellis, you mentioned your schedule, and as I peruse that thing, you guys, as you said, play a lot of ranked teams in the preseason you're going to take uh, take on some really good opponents in our state this year and that's really par for the course with what you've done for the last number of years with Jeff baseball to help get you ready for the Hoosier Hills Conference tournament and the sectional and maybe even beyond you understand you've got to play really good competition this year once again i mean you're taking on all comers par and you know some people think i'm crazy sometimes <laughs> when i'm i'm doing this uh, I think I'm crazy at times, but it's worked out, you know, over the past eight, nine years, this is my 10th year. Um, we've done a pretty good job of being prepared come sectional time and come conference time. And, you know, the record, the record kind of shows that, but we're tested, you know, on day one, we're going up against Andrean, which is, you know, one of the top teams in the state at a, at a lower level. Um, but, but they're really good and it, and it doesn't stop from there. We go into Carroll and Ron Colley and Trinity and Columbus North and, center grove and and jasper and saint x and i mean you just go on down the list and then we end with westfield um going into sectional so we're going to be tested 
we may not win 20 games. I mean, if we're, you know, if we're 500 going into that, then so be it. But I'll, what I do know is, is we're going to be ready come tournament time, and, and that's what the, one of the reasons why we have a tough schedule. Coach, we always talk, and in fact, it's already come up in our conversation today, just how good that Southern Indiana and the Hoosier Hills Conference baseball is. And uh, if I've got my, my notes right, the Red Devils, uh, the last five times that the conference tournament has been played, uh, you guys have won it five of the I guess five consecutive times minus COVID. I get all out of whack with the the COVID season, but uh, can you talk about what that dominance over the Hoosier Hills Conference has been like? I mean, that is a huge accomplishment when you think of the great coaches, the great players, the great pitchers, players that have went on from HHC schools to become great college baseball players. It's just been an amazing run here for the HHC, and you guys have been at the top of the heap. It has been a lot of fun, and, and I don't think that's ever been accomplished in, in our school history of, of five in a row, and we are going for six. Uh, it's going to be tough to, to do that, but we take our conference very serious, that conference tournament. Um, because our, our conference is as good as any conference in the state. And we're really serious about that because that, that's the stepping stone and the preparation going into the sectionals. And, and that's the, the way that we address that. Let, let's, you know, it's time to, to strap them on and it's time to, time to get after it. So we, we expect to, to win our conference every year. Um, you know, we talk about that with the players all the time. We, we try not to use the words, word hope. Uh, we expect so th- that's what we do, and that's kind of the culture that we built over the past uh, ten years that I've been here. And and as long as I'm here, that's what we're going to continue to do. We're going to try to win the conference every year, and see if we can advance to the state tournaments. All right, Derek Ellis of Jeffersonville joining us. Our first baseball chat of the season here on the Hoosier Report, Coach. Today, if I've got it right, four thirty is first pitch in the Jeff New Albany scrimmage game at Jeffersonville. Is that correct? That's correct. All That's right. Correct. And before we let you go, we, we've got to get our update on Drew Ellis, your son. Uh, he made his major league debut a year ago. And uh, we, now we know that there's going to be some pro baseball this year, which is a great thing. Tell us, uh, Drew, where he's at and what his hopes are for this year. Well, Drew's out with the big league team out in spring training in, in Scottsdale right now. Um, he's playing usually about every other game right now. Um, with the big league team, he's battling for for the spot on the twenty five man. So he's doing really well right now. He's doing everything he needs to do. Um, you know, who knows what they're going to do? But as long as he keeps producing the way the way he's been, I mean, he has a really good shot to break with the big league team. Um, so we're excited for him. He's in a good spot. He's having a lot of fun. Um, also, I'm going to throw a, a, a shout out to one of my other guys, Drew Campbell with the Atlanta Braves um, got pushed up to uh, the big league team to, to play yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. Uh, ended up having a hit and a nice diving catch out in the field. So he's making some waves in the Braves organization too. So it's a lot of fun following them both. Absolutely. And coach, uh, you know, your own son, obviously that, that is an unbelievable accomplishment for him and your family. And then Drew Campbell coming through your program. You've had a number of other guys go on to play college 
baseball. Josh Rogers is is hoping to make a return to the Nationals this year. Uh, you had some some battles against him when he was at New Albany, and there have been others. I mean, what what's it like to see your own your own kid, your own uh, players, and then others from this area have that kind of success and know that you played with them, against them, beat them, won championships with them uh, when they were in high school. Just, just kind of surreal what this area has become. Yeah, I think that's the word is surreal. I mean, it's it's um, it, it's really really fun to watch. You know, Drew and Josh and and Drew Campbell and Gabe Beerman and and the other guys and and even the guys playing in college. Just to know that you had a little bit of little bitty part of of their success and and helping them out along the way. It's it's just a lot of fun and uh, just just been an absolute blessing to be able to coach guys like that and and, and mentor them and love on them and. And, and just be around them and now watching their success is is just kind of icing on the cake so it, it's it's just great to to see uh, how well that they're doing all right Derek Ellis the Jeffersonville baseball coach with us as we uh, start our previews of the local high school baseball programs coach Ellis it's a sad time to see basketball slowly come to an end but boy our high school baseball is so fun and so good in this area to cover. I, I appreciate you hopping on today to help us kickstart it, and uh, we'll see you later today for uh, a scrimmage game. That sounds great. Uh, hey, fans, get out there and, and go to a baseball game. There's a lot of great baseball around here, and, and you're missing out if you don't. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you. Thank you. Derek Ellis of Jeff and uh, the Red Devils, I think, uh, have the potential uh, to have another really good season, compete for a Hoosier Hills Conference championship, sectional championship. Of course, last year, Floyd Central sectional champions in the local 4A sectional. And think about Providence and all of the success that they had a year ago. Borden was really good. Uh, Silver Creek's had a great program. New Albany, always solid. Uh, everywhere you turn in our area, there's good players, good teams, and good coaches. And this year is, I have no question, going to be another special year for baseball here locally. And again, as Coach Ellis said, 4.30 today, New Albany at Jeff in a uh, controlled scrimmage. A little different from a regular game, no score. And Coach Ellis highlighted the format. But uh, to get a read on things, it's a, a good opportunity. And I think Silver Creek and Providence scrimmage yesterday as well to get their seasons a little closer to regular season action. New Albany plays uh, down in Nashville coming up next week against some big opponents down in Tennessee. I know Silver Creek is going to take a, a trip down that way as well. You heard Coach Ellis talk about some of the Red Devils' early challenges that they have. So spring break opportunities, a chance to maybe get out and host or travel somewhere that you normally can't during the school week or during the regular situation. So we've got baseball, and it all gets underway with the first games, in most cases, coming up this weekend and early next week. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times, IU basketball, the women as well. We'll talk about it all. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. 
All right, we're back here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Dustin Dopierak, he's the uh, beat writer for the Bloomington Herald Times covering the Hoosiers, is my guest. And a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. You can send in questions or comments about the Hoosiers or anything else you want to talk about on this Wednesday program. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the number. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Dustin, there's lots of basketball stuff to talk about. The men in offseason, the women headed to the Sweet 16. But I want to bring up something that I haven't so far this week and really didn't plan to, but I cannot get over how much media attention uh, the cheerleader getting the ball down from (laughs) the top of the goal has received. In fact, someone sent me a note yesterday getting on me a little bit in a joking way for not bringing it up because – the male cheerleader that uh, that boosted whatever that term is in cheerleading that boosted the the flyer or the the girl to the to the top of the goal is a local guy from Christian Academy in New Albany. Nathan Paris is his name. So a shout out to him to to get him a little recognition. But this is a story that Greg Doyle wrote about. The Star has had a couple pieces on it. Um, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. and I saw it, somebody sent me a t-shirt, uh, design, the yeah. uh, surrounded, uh, uh, by this situation, but it's really caught on and it's been kind of neat as a sidebar, even though it was a tough, tough game and tough way for IU to lose and end the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, our Matt Cohen actually wrote about it uh, today. I'm just reading it now. Um, <laughs> basically, you know, he, I guess he got to talk to the actual cheerleaders and get a sense of what this was like and everything. Um, no, it was fascinating. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, just it, it's, it's rare that it goes that way. Obviously, uh, the ball, you can get caught up in the stanchion a lot. Um, but it usually doesn't get caught that high. You know, usually it's kind of like it, it, it falls down a little just enough that, you know, you can go get a seven-foot guy and give him one of those, uh, you know, uh, mops, basically, that they, they use to clean the floors, and that's usually enough for him to get to the ball. Uh, and it just wasn't this time, so they had to figure something else out, and it was like, well, okay, we can pick up a cheerleader, use the guy, pick up a cheerleader, and that makes her about 12 feet tall. Um, so, you know, it was it was fun to watch. I mean, it was entertaining, especially in the middle of a game that was – Getting sideways right at that point, uh, I think that was kind of the, the period where you know that Indiana was in a space that it wasn't coming back. Um, but it was still enter- it was still entertaining, definitely, and it's and it's a cool story, and it's it, and it allows them to uh, you know get them a little bit of spotlight. I think there's an NIL deal coming for them um, or something like that. I think again, I was just reading the beginnings of the of the of Matt's story, but uh, it's uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely cool. It was definitely interesting, and it was definitely just sort of one of those just freak things that that only happens in basketball. Um, that uh, just adds a little bit to it. I think you know we saw maybe at Big Tens a week earlier they they tried a couple seven footers to get a ball and it took maybe two or three. And this time it it you know didn't matter how many tall guys you had, you had to get something else. And they they came up with another idea. Yeah, definitely neat stuff. Uh, Dustin Dopirak, my guest. Dustin is with the Bloomington Herald Times. Uh, you were at the the uh, the game in Portland. You and, and Zach both there covering for the Star and the Herald Times. So you got a chance to to see things up close and personal, and we have not had a chance to talk since that ball game. So I don't want to go back and, and necessarily review that game again. But with what the travel you went through last week to go over to Dayton and then get a late flight or an early morning flight out to Portland and to to go to another time zone and of course IU had some some plane issues getting out of Dayton uh, charter flight to uh, to Portland uh, just just a hectic hectic week for you as a media member 
trying to provide all of us and subscribers coverage. I can't imagine what it was like for the team. And you and Zach, I, I caught a little video you did after the game, um, not to make up excuses because Indiana got blown away in the second half, but you can't tell me that there wasn't uh, something to do with losing legs and being tired as that game unwound. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I mean, and, and I think, uh, you know, I, I tried to kind of make a two-step explanation of that. I mean, I think it's not just the travel. Um, it was the combination of the travel and playing five games in eight days. And, and they obviously put themselves in a position where they had to play five games in eight days to get themselves, you know, basically, in, you know, they, they had to win that many uh, Big Ten games to get themselves into the play-in round because um, that's the situation they were in. Uh, basically, they had to. Uh, they had to get a lot accomplished. They had not done what was necessary as of the end of the regular season uh, to get in the tournament. If they had not played all those big-time tournament games, they would not have been in at all. Uh, so it, it still comes back to them. I mean, they're, because for as much as you want to be bothered by the NCAA, um, you know, a, a lot of it still has to come down to the fact that you know they, they did not have a fully ready-to-go NCAA tournament resume when they went to Indianapolis, and they had to get some things done there. And you could argue with, well, you know, Illinois should have been enough to get them past the play-in round, but then you know you you factor in that you know Richmond and Virginia Tech go out and win their uh, their their uh, conference tournaments, and that kind of changes the dynamic a lot because you can't you know even though those were around 11, 12 seeds, you can't put them in the play-in game if they won their tournament. Um, so ultimately, Indiana found itself there for its you know because of its own failures during the season. But that being said, it's absurd to send uh, teams that play in a playing game on, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday in Dayton to the West Coast to play on Thursday and Friday. I mean, it's just it's totally nuts. And we were, you know, as far as we were concerned, I mean, we we were in a in a manner of speaking fortunate because um, usually, you know, pre in the pre-COVID times, we would have you know open locker room. And you need to get there for that because it's so rare. I mean, we don't have it during the year. Um, so we don't get to kind of talk to these guys as up close as we do for the NCAA tournament in normal years. And, and obviously still uh, with COVID still around, um, you know, even though it's obviously dissipated recently, it's still a big enough concern. Bottom line, like I, I, all I was just trying to say is that you're either married to Dayton or you're married to the bracket um, and, and having a sort of pure S-curve bracket. And if, if, if you want to keep Dayton, and I get it because it's a good event and they do a good job of putting it on and making it feel like it's the real thing, but if you're going to be married to having the first floor in Dayton uh, and not doing it at the sites where the teams are going to play, then you have to keep them close. And, and whatever that means for the bracket, you know, manipulating it so a 12 is playing a better 5 or a worse 5 than they're supposed to or an 11 is playing a better 6 or a worse 6 than they're supposed to, uh, then you manipulate the bracket to make that happen because it's just it's just absurd to send teams to, in that direction. Yeah, no question. Dustin Dopirak, my guest of the Bloomington Herald, times um big 10 in the ncaa tournament big disappointment big underachievement again this year how do you see it with just two teams left one purdue i don't think there's any surprise that they are in the sweet 16 and i think people won't be surprised if they make a run much further Uh, michigan although maybe in the preseason we expected them to be here their regular season performances did not uh, equate to a Sweet 16 year for the Wolverines. But your thoughts overall on the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I don't think it's a slight underachievement. I don't think it's a drastic underachievement. I mean, I think if you look at, I mean, it, it, it it's not nearly as big of an underachievement I think as last year was. Uh, you know, last year, I mean, a bunch of teams should have gone further. There was first and second round upsets, teams getting beat by teams that they had no business losing to. Uh, where this year, I think it was more. Uh, you know, you you just had a bunch of threes and fours and fives in the league, and you don't you didn't have. Um, 
you know, Purdue was the closest thing to having a, a real national championship caliber team and was the whole year. Um, but obviously they drifted to the point of, of not just being a one, but that they're going down, to, going down to a three. Um, so it's good, obviously that they are where they are and they're, and, and with Kentucky having gone down and, uh, and Baylor having also gone down in that bracket, they've got a real chance, chance of getting in the final four. Um, but if you look at some of the other teams and who they lost to, I mean, there were only so many surprises. Uh, you know, a lot of teams just put themselves in a position where they were the underdog. Um, you know, Ohio State losing to Villanova and Michigan State losing to Duke. I mean, that's sort of what's supposed to happen. Uh, basically, they won the games they were supposed to win. They lost the game they were supposed to lose. Um, you know, Wisconsin, I think, and Iowa are the two that really stand out as, uh, you know, disappointments. Obviously, Iowa played really well in the Big Ten tournament and then going from that. Um, to you know, Rich getting beat by Richmond in the first round. Um, it's just wild to consider. I mean, after you saw how good they were playing in Indianapolis, I mean, they were just phenomenal. Um, I know in my bracket, I had them beat in Providence uh, for sure, and then thought they would be dangerous. Uh, you know, as a um, in the Sweet 16, especially just how well Keegan Murray was playing, and they they just did not get going in that game. So that obviously is your big upset disappointment. And then Wisconsin winning its first game and then losing to Iowa State. Um, is a killer too, and obviously Wisconsin, the way they play, I, I, you know, always puts them in some kind of danger. Um, you know, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, because you was talking about, you know, limiting possessions, always playing close games, and a couple things go wrong, and and, and that can pretty much do it. Now they find a way to win a lot of those during the year, um, but they make themselves vulnerable in the NCAA tournament the way they play, and so it's not that much of a shock. But obviously, losing those two before you're supposed to, uh, you know, makes it a disappointment when you don't really have too many other teams overachieving to match up for that. Obviously. I think Michigan, you know, getting in helps. Um, you know, I, I think you could have, you could still argue that they're, you know, one of the two or three most talented teams uh, in the league. But you know, another one, Illinois. Um, I mean, Houston shouldn't be a five. <laughs> they just shouldn't. Like, I get that they're an AAC team, but you look at that team, and that's not a five. It's not. You know, I mean, those guys should be a two or a three or something like that. I mean, that that is a talent, a talented team, um, and and they're going to be a problem. I'm trying to think of who they, Arizona. That is going to that is going to be a tough, tough basketball game. That's who they are, right? That's who they're playing. Yeah, am mm-hmm. I wrong on that? Okay, yeah, I yeah. wasn't sure if it was them or Kansas, um, but no, that's you know, I mean, Illinois is good, and you know, like, and and I think in 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 another bracket as a four in another spot, they probably make it. Uh, but man, Houston is brutal. It's a brutal five to have to play. And so, I mean, really, I mean, honestly, it should have been flipped. Um, you know, if Houston is a four and Illinois is a five makes more sense. But I mean, I, I just, I guess I don't consider losing to them a huge disappointment. Um, but the Wisconsin loss and the Iowa loss are significant. You know, I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're Indiana, you'd like to be able to pull, pull off the 12-5 upset. Uh, and, if, you know, I think Rutgers losing to Notre Dame stings a little bit also in the play-in game. But I don't know if they would have got a lot further um, than they did. But I think those are the two that stand out is you, you, you get a positive out of Michigan. You obviously get a positive out of Purdue doing what it was supposed to do. Um, but then you lose, um, you lose Wisconsin, you lose Iowa. So ultimately you're, you're on the downside of the ledger. Yeah. Just amazing to me how good the conference has been, uh, team wise and even individual player wise. And then to see multiple, yeah, three, all Amer- three yeah. first team, all Americans as well. And, and to yeah. see multiple marches where you go into it thinking, this is going to be the year a Big Ten team's going to going to get to the championship, going to win it, maybe a couple of them in the Final Four, and then it just has not turned out anything like what you think it may be. Now we still have some games to be played, and I I've got Purdue going all the way to the uh, to the Final Four. We'll see, but uh, amazing to me with as good as the Big Ten has been uh, from so many different angles, the lack of NCAA tournament success. Yeah, I mean, and and I think some questions got to be asked. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, and and this is sort of a beyond me because I'm I might be the single worst 
uh, press row official there is. Um, you know, everyone else wants to know, like, well, do you think that was a foul? Do you really think that was a foul? I don't know. They called it a foul item. <laughs> like, sure, I guess. I mean, like, I, I'm not a guy that can judge that from where I sit. Um, and, you know, just, just, I mean, frankly, I just haven't said the rule book close enough to be like, okay, like, this is, does this count as displacement? Does this not? You know, like, there are better press row officials than me, I promise. Um, but, you know, I think there, there is, I think, a, a lot of talk, I think, from fans and some from people that, that view the sport and say, okay, the way that the, the game is being officiated at the Big Ten level is, is changing, is making it, it a different game during conference play from what they get in NCAA tournament play, there's more stoppage when it comes to, you know, big 10 games, it's more grinded out. It's more slow. And you're getting a lot of calls um, that are slowing the game down a lot of free throws and all that kind of thing. And it's a more wide open, let them play kind of game in the NCAA. And that changes things, um, you know, significantly. So it's like, is, is the big 10 really prepared for what they get into there? And there's something to be said for that. There's also something to be said for the fact that this is just a grind. I and mean, I think you look at um, it, 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 it happens frequently. I think we're, we're, you, you reach the point of, you know, teams getting tested. You reach the point that you're, you're not just getting tested. You're getting pushed all the time. And then you change, you know, then you have to gear back up for the NCAA and you've already spent a lot, uh, when it comes to just when, you know, trying to win your league and trying to position yourself well and win a bunch of games in the Big Ten. Um, when it's like that every night and then you, you know, uh, you get to the NCAA tournament, you, you don't have any margin for error. Um, and, you know, sometimes you're a little bit out of gas and sometimes I think that, that leads to it as well. Um, you know, I mean, like you, again, it's just wild to consider like how, you know, Keegan Murray could miss and all of a sudden he couldn't make. <laughs> You know, and from from outside, I, mean, I don't know what he was from three against Richmond, but it wasn't very good. And he would, he had been just terrific uh, all week in Indianapolis and really all season. And so I think that there are there are some things to be asked, some some real sort of fundamental structural questions about the Big Ten about okay, why we why does it seem like we have a lot of talent, we have good coaches, we have a a, a league that is you know entertaining every night, you know during the regular season of you know. You usually, you know, if you have a choice on a Tuesday in February, you probably want to watch the Big Ten game. You know, that it's got this best chance of being interesting, tight, you know, um, you know, good teams and whatever. And it's like, okay, why does that not produce NCAA success, and why has not for a while? That's an issue. And, and you know, that being said, like I said, there there are some other you know leagues that you know. I think the SEC had a great year from a entertainment perspective. It was a very watchable league all year, and had a bunch of really interesting teams, a lot of talent, fun to watch. And they are they are almost entirely out. You know, I mean, the SEC just just took a just brutal week with Auburn and Kentucky and you know Alabama. I mean, I think I mean Arkansas is in. I'm trying to think who else is. Um, but it's, I mean, the SEC took a beating, um, this week and they put a bunch of, you know, what, what I thought were really good teams in that, that have not, uh, performed as well as I would have expected. Yeah. I had Tennessee and Auburn playing yep. each other in a national semifinal. And obviously both of those guys have, have long been sent home. All right, Dustin, to close out today, I'm always curious your, your opinions on things of who's left, not your initial bracket, but of who's left in the sweet 16, uh, tell me your final four from this point forward. I've got Gonzaga uh, and Purdue still left from my original bracket. I've got to believe if I had to do over with again, I think I'd go with Villanova uh, or Houston. And that could be an unbelievable Sweet 16 game if that that works out. And really, Arizona-Villanova could be really good as well. And I'm not even sure out of the Midwest bracket, uh, I was really bad there. I got Kansas. I guess <laughs> I would say they would be my pick to come out. But who would be your final four from, from this weekend forward with who's left? From what's left, I mean, it's – oh, God, it's tough. Um 
you know, I mean, the thing is, everybody's vulnerable. I mean, I, I picked Gonzaga and Arizona to play in, in every final, in the final in every bracket I picked. Um, and I still think they're the two best teams, but man, they are beatable. I mean, they're very beatable. I mean, I saw, got to see Gonzaga up close uh, in Portland, and I'm just not blown away by their guards. I mean, Holmgren's special because he's just a unicorn. I mean, he just, you know, he, he makes no sense physically. I don't know how he's possible, um, but man, he makes plays, and he, he, he can make them right when they're wrong. And Timmy is steady enough that he can just score. You know, I mean, just has that uh, old man at the Y game uh, at 22. I mean, he looks like he's 35, and he looks look like he's that guy at the YMCA that you underestimate, and then he ends up dropping 30 on you. Um, you know, so those two guys can make them right when they're wrong, even though, again, you, you would take Gonzaga's guards from last year uh, over their guards from this year like a thousand times over. There's not a Jalen Suggs in that backcourt. There's not a you know, JII in that, in that backcourt at all. Um, but they still have a chance because Holmgren and Timmy. Uh, so I still take them out of the West. Um, man, I, I, I guess I will take Purdue out of the East. I mean, that's going to be tough. Uh, I think they'll get St. Peter's. And St. Peter's is going to give them a problem. I mean, I'll tell you that. Like, St. Peter's is not going to back down. Uh, Shaheen Holloway. I mean, I, I think that <laughs> the team is terrified of Shaheen Holloway. I mean, like, that guy, you know, you, you have to play hard for that guy. You don't have a choice. Uh, or, or it ends badly for you. So I'm, I'm going to say, I mean, I'm going to say a Purdue UCLA regional final in the East if Purdue gets them, but that's going to be fun. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. I'll still say Arizona over Villanova in the South, um, but that I mean only I think only just because I already picked Arizona. But Arizona Villanova, if, if that happens, it's going to be a great game. But Arizona's going to have a hard time getting past Houston, and Michigan's still going to give Villanova problems. I mean, Michigan's again like they've got talent. Um, I'm going to take Kansas out of the Midwest um, just because you know again anything can still happen. And, you know, shout out to Al Durham for being in the Sweet 16. Um, but, you know, I still think that's, that's got to be the most talented group. I mean, I, I don't see them uh, losing the Providence, and I don't see them losing to a double-digit seed coming out of the small half of the, bra- uh, the, the you know, uh, bottom half of the bracket. But Miami and Iowa State have a they, – they have a chance. I mean, they, 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 are, they are more talented than, than their seed says, but I'll still say Kansas comes out of there. Uh, so I'm still going to stick with my initial prediction of, of Gonzaga and Arizona in the final and Arizona winning it, but uh, I could very much be wrong. I mean, obviously it was very close to being very wrong um, this weekend as, as Gonzaga, you know, Memphis gave Gonzaga a game and TCU, you know, took Arizona to the brink. So, uh, you know, anything could happen. That's But I'll still stick with, with those parts of my initial predictions, but it, it could go the other way. I, I, I'll, I'll just admit I had Auburn and um, – I think I had Auburn and Kentucky in the Final Four, and they're both out. So I can't uh, act like I'm the best predictor guy here. <laughs> Same so. here. I think we're all struggling through this year, but it's a lot of fun uh, to keep up with, that's for sure. Justin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. He's with us Wednesdays. We talk IU basketball and much more. And Dustin, we'll continue our conversations here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. We'll head to a quick commercial break. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Lots of local stuff to talk about. High school baseball, some scrimmages this week, games next week, and of course, uh, coming up on Saturday, the big story, Providence in the 2A state championship game. We'll discuss those topics and more brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment of this Wednesday program brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com to find out more. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with us for a quick segment. Josh, I got a lot to cover, not a lot of time to do it, but Daryl Baker, former Jeffersonville standout, somehow still has college eligibility. He had 22 points last night in the NAIA National Championship game. His Talladega team was defeated in the championship game. I believe they were missing or without one of their key players in that final game last night. But Baker, uh, a big performance on a national stage and still finding a way to uh, play college hoops. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, 16 points in the second half, which is really good. But they they were down, I think, 15 at halftime, and he was trying to rally them and – you know, it sounds like he he played well, but but just wasn't enough. But yeah, he's uh, you know, he's he's been out of high school for a long time now, and he's he's still he was able to play college basketball for a while. I know he took some time off, but and and I also know he's hoping to play professionally. So hopefully, uh, maybe this gives him a gives him a shot at doing that, maybe overseas somewhere. So, uh, you know, good good to see him him do well last night. Yeah, so uh, Daryl Baker, uh, I, I've got to believe the talent he has has a chance to play somewhere at the professional level, even if it's not in, in our country, that he would find, right. a, find a home somewhere. Uh, Providence in the 2A state championship game, a lot of discussion about that matchup with Central Noble uh, this week. Uh, we'll uh, be talking with Ryan Miller tonight at 8 o'clock in a Twitter spaces. If you follow me at Hoosier Hills on Twitter, we've got the Central Noble coach, John Bodie. He's going to join the Thursday program tomorrow, a little bit later in the 11 o'clock hour if you want to hear from him. But, you know, your thoughts on this game, Josh, who is it going to be that steps up for Providence? It was Max Beatty in the semi-state, Casey Kalen in the regional round, a host of players in the sectional. This is becoming a very dangerous team because of so many different guys that in any given night they can step up. That's right. You just never know. And that's, uh, you know, obviously that's the way uh, Ryan wants it and likes it. So, you know, they, they definitely have a balanced team out <laughs> talking to him the other day and he said we have three guys averaging 6.8 points a game and uh and their leader is casey obviously and he's averaging like 12 points a game so they've got a ton of balance and uh, i know you talked about it too but grant seabold you know the other day in the regional or the, i'm sorry the semi-state game came off and had hit three big threes and scored nine points so you just never know uh but you know obviously their big task is going to be to stop uh Central Nobles' uh, leading score, you know, averaging 27 a game, that's that's going to be tough. They've had some success, you know. They they played, uh, um, you know, they, they did a good job against uh, Logan McIntyre from North Harrison, and they did a, a good job, I think, on the Joey Hart kid. So from Linton Stockton, so it's going to be interesting to see how they how they can do on on this kid. Uh, and then uh, on the flip side of that, I think. Uh, Jack Pinter had maybe 32 on him, so it's going to be a big challenge for him. Maybe similar to similar to Jack Pinter, or uh, maybe even better because this kid's going to Wisconsin. So you know, it's going to be quite a quite a task. And they've got a they've got a six seven kid inside, so 
going to be really, really interesting to see what they do defensively. But you know, you you can't. I don't think you can count them out at this point. They uh, they just keep on finding a way and keep on winning. So you know, we'll see if that that can continue on Saturday uh, afternoon. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, I guess. Baseball season underway with practices and even some scrimmages. I mentioned the New Albany Jeff scrimmage uh, will take place at 4.30 today at Jeffersonville High School. Looking through the rosters and the schedules and some of the preseason rankings that are out, uh, I think it goes without saying we are set for another strong year. Providence number one in 2A, Borden, number one in 1A, Silver Creek, and I'm skipping around here, Silver Creek, number two in 3A, and both Jeff and New Albany in the top 10 in 4A. Just an amazing preseason uh, thought of this area. I'm glad to see our schools getting some recognition, albeit very early. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And then Floyd Central, I think, was receiving votes in 4A, too, and they were the defending sectional champs. And, you know, I, I, I really thought, you know, when you look at it last year, we we could have had three teams at the state finals because uh, obviously Providence won two A, but then uh, Southridge won three A, and Silver Creek lost to them, and uh, just a uh, unbelievable game. And then in four A, Jasper beat uh, uh, Floyd Central in the regional and went on to win the state. So we, we could have three teams last year, maybe we have three teams this year. Who knows? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, I'll see you in Indy. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition of the program. Back Thursday at 11 a.m., this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.